on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. Hello, this is Trevor Brookin, and you're listening to the West Ham Way here on Phoenix FM. Good evening and welcome to another edition of the West Ham Way podcast with Dave Walker and Kevin Slade from Sex, Drugs and Colton Cole alongside serial YTK blogger XWHU employee. What a time to be alive as West Ham secure another win to make it three out of three, taking us just five points from the top six. And with Fulham, Watford, Southampton and Burnley to come before the new year, just how many points can we leave 2019 with? X will be giving us exclusive news and views before ending the show with questions from our collective followers on social media. That's all coming up on this pre-recorded show. Another game, another win, this time against Crystal Palace. Um, I think it's fair to say we expected to win, but how many times have we said that and lost? X, finally, we seem to be gathering some momentum, and uh, Saturday was a great game that also produced some very special moments. Yeah, I mean, particularly the second half. I think we we started well, but then in true form, we conceded a bit of a sloppy goal, and then... Started to worry a bit, but then the second half, it was it was actually a joy to watch. The second half, you know, the goal was Snodgrass and um, Andersons, especially were absolutely sensational. And you know, Hernandez, his goal was a lot better than people would probably credit him with. It was a difficult finish and like poacher instincts as well it was just really enjoyable nice to see some attacking football it really feels like the West Ham way kind of style of football that we like to think we always see well want to see at the at the club is actually in place now and yeah delighted a great result we've got a, a lot of good fixtures coming up hopefully we can carry this momentum into them and um, yeah well done I mean lots of the players played play really really well and I, and I just think it's yeah it's good times times we've been waiting for mm, absolutely talking of special moments uh, Saturday was the last ever West Ham Way pre-match event to be held at the East Ham Working Man's Club and it was a fantastic yet quite sad occasion I said some words on stage uh, towards the end of the event which I think was well received and I appreciated that X I didn't know if you wanted to take this opportunity to do the same can you hear me first of all <laughs> I'm literally just punching myself in now. the face with a microphone <laughs> and split it in half just, but, li- uh... literally <laughs> I'm trying to read that little segment and I said it's fucking my microphone ping towards the ceiling and there's no exaggeration it's like I was on a catapult what what are you doing man sit down and do your job it's a good job I've got a good chin you know because that was a smack to the face you certainly haven't got a glass jar after what I just read no that's that's right yeah Um, Um, yeah I mean it it was um, I didn't actually hear what you said then but I I know it's about the event Uh, it it was a really sad day to sort of say goodbye to the Working Man's Club. You know, the Working Man's Club has been special for us. We've met some really good people there. You know, you you got onto the stage. Like, I can't say anything that's going to better what you said because you got it spot on. Um, and obviously for me, it's difficult because I would have liked to have come up there as well and said my bit. But, you know, I tend to sort of take a bit of a back roll and I don't want 
you know, necessarily anyone to sort of take photos of that sort of stuff. I like to be more in the background, but this is my opportunity to basically replicate what you said. You know, we've made a number of friends there. Um, the bar staff have been great. You know, the manager, Pete uh, Duffy, who you rightly singled out um, for special praise. Um, it's been an absolute star for us. You know, getting to know Wardy, like we've got, got to know him has been a, uh, a pleasure. <laughs> interesting at times and a pleasure um most of the time um and uh all the times <laughs> all the time i should say um and um you know it's it's um it's uh yeah, it's been great. I mean, we've had some special memories. We've met some fantastic players. You know, if I dreamt, you know, when I started this account, that I'd be running events with the likes of the players that we have had on that stage and chatting to them um, backstage and so on, I would, have, I would have laughed and said, that's never going to happen. And it has. And, you know, we move on to the new venue with um, equally as um, good players lined up. I think this venue, if anything, might be slightly more suited to the events as well in terms mm. of the facilities that it offers offers and I'm just grateful back in the day when uh, a certain Mr. Walker sitting not too far away from me now um, contacted me and proposed this idea of doing these events having spoke to Mark Warden you know I admit at first I was a li little bit skeptical because I thought ah oh, would it work um, you know there's a lot of risks involved you know we've lost money on a, a number of events particularly in the early days and to uh, I'm so glad that I trusted in you and I took that gamble and, and we produced these events because they have been special. If you haven't been to them, they are, you know, I'm not just saying it because it's our event, but I would go to it if it wasn't my event. Mm. You know, it is such a nice atmosphere there. I love the fact that we've got a real community of people that go now and that we've got to know. You know, I mean, it's accurate to say hundreds of people through these events um, and I just hope they continue and we really, really need everyone to support us in Leytonstone because initially Initially, you know, people don't like change. You know, it's not it's not the old it's not the old ground, so it's taken that element away. But it does offer so much that we hope that the punter will like. And at the end of the day, the price is still the same twenty five pound. All you can drink, get a chance to meet your idols. You know, I don't think you can get better, really. Mm, yeah, well said, mate. Well said. Uh, very exciting times coming forward. And like you say, you know, we've we've scrutinised over the new venue. We think we found somewhere that's absolutely perfect. In fact, I know we have. And um, there's going to be a lot of other benefits to tell you about in more detail in the coming weeks. So, um, yeah, keep um, keep watching this space because I think there's exciting times ahead. And the first one we know is going to be on the 2nd of February. So please continue to support it. And obviously final words really is just to thank the Working Man's Club for having us over the last two years because it, it has been a fantastic two years with so many memories. Um, and talking of memories, let's talk about your memory from Saturday, Kev, because I want to come to you and your thoughts on the Palace game. When you heard the half-time whistle, was you starting to fear that our brief winning streak was coming to an end? I thought it was a bit of a carbon copy to the Cardiff game, um, mm. to be honest, uh, particularly the first half. <laughs> but again, we come out in the second half and um, yeah, I think we put them to the sword quite early on. And what I do want to mention is as well, is Mezuaku and Anderson are starting to form quite a solid partnership down the left-hand side now. I mean, I was really impressed with the pair of them um, on Saturday. And bearing in mind, both of them have got the most tackles now, I think, in the league. As a as a as a left back and a and a winger part. Is that right? I didn't yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's right. Yeah, as a as a pairing. Yeah. I don't like that comment. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. I do, and I'm not disrespecting you because I think X is anti-stat. Yeah, I am very anti-stat, and I do I do question the validity of that stat. You know, how is it is it that Mazarak has given the ball away and then tackled it back? You know, how many attempts at tackling has he had? Has he how many missed tackles has he made? I, I think people do rely on stats too much. It is interesting. 
interesting to relate that stat. Uh, Don't get me wrong, but I do think that Anderson, especially like you say, has really, really kicked on and is showing the player that he that he that we hoped he could. But he's but a miserable Ma- bastard, Kevin. He? he is. Yeah. Look, Mazuaka isn't a left back. I think we've all we've all kind of um, we've all kind of accepted that. We know what his position is, but Pellegrini must trust him there. And we've got to trust Pellegrini because Creswell isn't unfit, is he? And he's not playing well, Creswell. He played the game before and he was on the bench, but he still had, he still wasn't 100% fit. It'll be interesting to see what happens with this Fulham game because I think that will be a fair judge because yeah. Creswell's trained all week and um, and and as has Masaraku. Yeah. You know, we conceded two goals at the weekend. Does that suggest we're still conceding too many? Um, it'll be interesting to see. You know, it really will. And I think it, there's an argument for both. You know, that stat does have. You know, I didn't mean to completely discredit it. It's just, uh, no, it's, uh, no, but, it's absolutely fine, mate. But it's just, I, I don't think Mazuaku's a left back. We've had this conversation yeah. so many times. Having said that, I thought he had a good game at left back on Saturday. Unless I was watching a completely different game to everyone. Yeah, else. I mean, I didn't think he was terrible. I mean, the, for me, the players that stood out were obviously Anderson for Snodgrass. I thought everyone was brilliant. Yeah, I thought Snodgrass. Grass was superb, really not mm. just in terms of work ethic, but his delivery. Declan Rice never puts a foot wrong. I thought Noble was really, really good. I thought he's added a lot since he came back from suspension. And then there's obviously another poacher's finish. I thought actually, for once, the, the centre backs were a little bit not on top of their game, but you know, we can let them have a sloppy goal, wasn't it? Yeah, we can Mm. let them have an off day. (laughs) For Zaba was brilliant as well. You know, he had Zaha against him most most of the game. Um and controlled him. You can tell by the fact Zaha was so wound up at the end. So, Mm. you know, it was it was definitely a solid performance. And Anderson is beginning to look like a real, real gem now. And that's how, how how good is he and how good you think he can be? I think he can get better. That's that's the thing. I mean, I don't mean that as a bad thing. I mean that as a good thing. I still think there's certain things that he needs to do a bit better, as I said. But as the games are going by, he is getting better and better. So I'm getting thinking, more confident, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking by March time and certainly by next year when he's had a whole season um, in the Premier League, I think we're going to have an absolute star on our hands, yeah. Mm, I totally agree with that. I totally agree. And... Uh, it's just so nice to see a player with such flair. He's got that kind of, I don't know, samba swag about him, hasn't he? And um, it's just the way he, he can beat two or three players, Devonshire-esque, mm. and that lightning pace that he's got, and he's got the ability to create goals, score goals. Again, and I've said this on previous podcasts, I'm stating the obvious here, really. If he can be consistently good, rather than just incredibly good sometimes, which I'm not saying he is, I think he's in form at the moment, but if he can be in form more often than not, I think he's going to be one hell of a player. And it's nice to have one hell of a player when he isn't 29, 30, 31. Mm. He's only 24, 25. Yeah. And mm. it's nice as well to have goals coming from another outlet now as well, mm. not just the forwards. You know, you've got goals coming from midfield as well where I think he, and he's obviously got um, a great um, ratio at the moment. So I think he, I think he's done brilliantly and, you know, people think I knocked him early on I still stand by what I say and I still think he can improve that side of his game however he is improving massively and I think things are looking on the up I mean you've got to think when Lanzini's fit when Yarmolenko's fit when Wilshire's fit you know when everyone's fit that's a very strong options you've got in midfield there mm. uh, do you know what I'm not sure looking at it because you know I think Yama had a different a difficult start when he came to West Ham and then obviously had uh, we had Everton away where he was fantastic and he started to go, start to show glimpses of what we paid the money for but I'm not, I mean if if Yarmolenko was fully fit for this Saturday would he start no I don't no. think so no. I'd start Antonio 
I would. I thought he had a really good game as well. But he's starting to look like the Antonio that we had a couple of seasons ago at the bowling. He's starting to pick it back up again, I think. Antonio didn't play. Didn't he? Well, he was Palace. Didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so he's that good. What a good news <laughs> for you, Kim, is he didn't play bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, do you know what? I'm thinking of the uh, thingy game, aren't I? Yeah, I think he played well at right back, definitely against... Yeah, yeah um, I'm thinking of yeah, the Cardiff was. game, yeah. Yeah, Cardiff. Yeah, I thought he played well there. He's, he's certainly looking fitter. Tucked himself right up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as, well, pre- as it's pre-recorded, we could, we could cut that out, but yeah, we probably won't. Let's <laughs> make Kim um, like a swipe. He's in a slow return. I don't know didn't play. I don't think Masuaku is a good player. What are you talking about? There's a raccoon one I could have probably left, but that I can't let that go. Let's be honest. I mean, to be honest, you know, it's so refreshing to see Antonio, (laughs) not Saturday, (laughs) but the last time he did play, actually give. um, uh, Was it a full 90 minutes he played? Against, against Cardiff, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm now getting paranoid that he Cardiff. didn't play. That he did play against Palace, but um, yeah, I, I um, am. Yeah. Sure, he came on against Palace. He might have been. He certainly didn't start because it was. Yeah, but I'm sure grass. he came on. But he, I'm sure he did. Well, I, I'm oh, not. No, 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 no. It was Dean Garner that came on, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I. I yeah, it was Dean Garner. I, I mean, the thing is, I know it. I know the midfield was Noble, Rice, Snodgrass, and Anderson because I thought all four of them played really, really mm. well. Um, I agree. I thought Antonio was very good against Cardiff at right back. I mean, we all feared um, that he wouldn't be, but I actually thought he was good. And I was tempted when I was thinking about who I would pick against Palace. As controversial as this sounds, I was tempted to go with Antonio over Zabaleta mainly because I thought Antonio offered more. Pace and Zabaleta does, and Palace have pacey wiggers. That said, with hindsight, Zabaleta handled himself brilliantly against. Yeah, he always does, though, Zab, doesn't he? More yeah. often than not, you know. Yeah. I, I think the good thing about Zabaleta, with respect to him, because he's the ultimate professional who's achieved a hell of a lot in his career, I think, well, I say West Ham, a lot of West Ham fans, certainly myself, kind of didn't have too much expectation of him when he joined because I knew that we were signing a player in the twilight years of his career so he continually exceeds my expectations and I love him by all accounts he's a fantastic fella he's popular in the dressing room the fans have loved him wherever he's gone which is always important and and, you know largely underestimated when you get a player that important to the dressing room and he's been consistently good on the pitch as well and um, you know if if only he was 25 (laughs) you know probably wouldn't be playing for West Ham to be fair but yeah great player but you know to finish off on, on Antonio, great to see him fit when he does play uh, in recent weeks. Um, and it does give us a bit of a problem because, you know, a big talking point on this show is talking about the potential players we would offload based on poor form. But two of those players in particular are Hernandez and Antonio, mm. who are both coming into form now. So it does now beg the question, with those players under a new formation and they are performing well, do, do, do we let them go? I mean, my answer is, well, if we do, certainly not in January. Well, no, I definitely, I definitely wouldn't let Hernandez go. Now he's scoring. Yeah. Because Arnie, I think that was coming, that injury. Whether it be his knee or a hamstring injury, whatever, there was definitely an injury coming because he's been taking injections every game, isn't he? Yeah. So there was definitely an injury coming and it's so nice to not be able to rely on our best player to score our goals. Look at mm. three, four years ago when Carroll was out every other week mm. you know what I mean We didn't. There, there was not another outlet to score our goals Kevin Nolan used to get quite a few but it's such a lovely um, you know not to worry 
that we can rely on Hernandez now in our score. And he said to Pellegrini, give me minutes and I'll score goals. And that's exactly what's happening. Yeah, mm. see that, I actually agree with Kevin. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, it makes it so interesting. Yeah, exactly. Like. No, <laughs> when I, we go to a break, we can go, that sounded good that, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that point, definitely. I think I think we'd be silly to let Hernandez go. Not. I've been one of his bigger critics on the show uh, because I've said I don't think he's the same player. I, I've now kind of slightly adjusted that comment. So I don't think he's a good enough player in a 4-5-1 formation. Mm, mm. But I think he's good enough when he's got someone alongside him and that's been proven in these last few games and I think Kev's right it is nice to not have that over-reliance on one player scoring the goals you know mm. we got him Perez has scored a couple recently Carroll we know has got potential Anderson's chipping in you know if Arnie was fit as well that's a variety Lanzini's got goals in him yeah exactly yeah. so it is It is nice and I agree I don't. I think we should try to keep it added to the summer now because he's scoring goals and what more do you want from your forward I mean look if you, if you look at our strikers Arnie is just an absolute workhorse. Yeah. We know what we get with Carroll, and we've got something completely different with Chicharito as well. Dave, you know, he used mm. to be a striker. Mm. His goal... I was probably better than Chicharito. <laughs> yeah. Worst case, yeah. probably yeah, level, his, level par. But. Yeah, but his goal on Saturday, his awareness, before the ball was even kicked... Yeah. He turned. Well, well, that, well, that's well, the I'd, I'd say you're better than Chicharito because I actually think in a four-five-one formation you'd actually be quite useful because you know you're a big lad, you're quite strong, you're quite stocky. Yeah, I'd, I'd listen, you know, you're stuffing, so who might have argue with you? You know, you've obviously like, got good knowledge you, of the game. You, I was telling What's on that? Saturday. What's that? About playing with Dave. Yeah, that no, good. Was, I was too, I was telling him, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, just, no. just yeah. Kev, for the benefit of the listeners, uh, I don't know if you want to tell them what you told him. <laughs> All right, just to massage Rico a little bit more. I, I, said, I said, if you give him the ball with his back to goal, nine times out of ten, it's in the well, back. Well, mate, I can remember. Nine I mean, times out Dave's of ten. Dave's going to love this. See, could Chicharito sit here and say that? I'm not being funny. <laughs> no, exactly. And the thing is, I remember playing against Dave. I can remember playing against both of you. You yeah. know, I used to like to play out front myself, I think. I was like. Uh, what was the name of your team? <laughs> no, I can't say that. I didn't. What was the name of your team? I'll can you remember the name of that team or not? I, I, when Dave tells me, I can remember it, but I can't remember uh, off the top of my head. But I'll, t- I'll tell you off there. But I remember, I remember marking Dave. I can picture it. And like I used to play up front usually, but you were battering us. I thought, you know, being there, I'll go at the back. Let's just stick everyone at the back and try to limit this. And I remember <laughs> trying to trying to hold, like you know, shielding from goal and stuff. Just turn, bang, turn, bang, turn, uh, bang. To the point, I said, this guy's better than Defoe. And, 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 and I'm and, sure and, you two are on a wind up. Is is you're being too nice. No, do you want to seek like, Sandra like, off me I don't want to play anymore. No, I think I <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Honestly, it marries in with the conversation that we're having because we yeah. were talking about Hernandez, weren't we? Yeah. And that's what that's how we got onto you. Well, that's well, how I got onto you. Well, well do you know what, as well? Uh, I mean, sort do of. You take, know you're really good looking, Dave. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Taking. <laughs> take do you know you've got a bigger dick than Mr. Dior? We'll definitely be leaving that bit yeah. in. Um, but, but taking myself out of the equation, reluctantly at the moment, <laughs> um, you know, it, it's a striker's instinct. Um, and, and the thing is, different strikers, I think, know their own strengths, and, that, and that's absolutely key. You know, for example, would Andy Carroll have shown the kind of um, agility uh, that Hernandez shown, and, and, and pr- predicting that awareness in the box and that movement? Mm-hmm. But then, would Hernandez know to get himself in certain positions when the wingers have got the ball expecting the cross? So, if you're a striker and you know your strengths and you play to your strengths and you're up for it, then hopefully the goals will come. But it's like yeah. I've always said, you're only as good as your service. Yeah. yeah. And, and and at the moment, please God, we're banging in the goals because the strikers are getting the service and because the strikers are then scoring the goals. It's as simple as that. There's no science in it. It's yeah. a really difficult finish, that was, you know. I, yeah, don't, I, I don't think 
he's getting enough credit for that. A week of foot as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, straight in the roof of the net. You know, yeah. That's what you get with Chicharito. As I've always said, he doesn't have the physique to play up top on his own. He just doesn't, and he doesn't mm. have the mental strength either. I mean, the amount of times he throws himself to the floor, and I feel, oh, come on, get up, lad. You know, and 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 you just need to be tougher and stronger when you're playing up front four five one. However, he's the sort of person you know, your classic fox in the box that's feeding off scraps and hopefully burying them, and that's what he's done these <laughs> last few games so I think we need to uh, certainly persist of him till the summer um, and then see where we want to go ahead from there so two questions for you both firstly have we found our formation now to stick with which is 4 4 yeah. do we keep that moving forward yeah. secondly if we do Ooh. where does Hernandez fit into that when he comes back well does he Hernandez uh, um, sorry Lanzini what's wrong well, with you two? can <laughs> I get seriously all, can I get to got, another you, radio yeah, show you've got you throwing your microphone at the scene first praising Antonio never even played and me just getting the players completely right <laughs> first of all we've won, we've won three on the bounce with that formation and Outovic can also play in that formation. Hernandez, we're getting the, we're starting to see the best out of him in that formation. Lanzini, he has to earn his place because we've carried too many players over the years because they're our star. Yeah. They don't perform consistently. So now is a good time for them to actually show us what they're worth. Yeah, I because agree. he's very inconsistent, Lanzini. I love yeah, him. Yeah, but he's got to earn his place now. Yeah, he's got I, to earn it. I, I totally agree. He does have to earn it. Any of the players in that squad have to earn it. However, it is still tactically dependent because if he's yeah, where's he going to play? That's yeah. that's the question. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's say he's impressing day after day in training, and we want to start him against Fulham. Let's just assume he's fully fit. Where, where does he play? Well, he'd have to. Well, he'd have to play a diamond in midfield, I suppose, and put him at the tip. So then, who loses their Maybe. position in midfield? Uh, exactly, it begs the question. You, doesn't you'd it? probably have to go for Noble if he was to pick Noble or Rice. So you Rice drop the captain. Just, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't drop him. I'd have Lanzini mm. on the bench. But if he was to drop one, you cannot drop Declan Rice. He is just absolutely exceptional at the mm. moment. I think Noble is brilliant as well. I mean, I wouldn't drop Noble either. But if you had to drop one, you'd have to drop Noble. But I think Lanzini's got to earn his place. And let's be honest, is he going to be the same player after this injury? You know that it mm. was heavily talked about that this injury is going to really yeah. restrict many him. players don't come back from an injury no like. exactly and I, and I think I think you have to stick with this formation as well we've got three wins in a row which we haven't done for do you know this is an interesting stat I'm glad I remember you hate to say. stats mate what are you talking no, about no, this is a, yeah I do hate stats <laughs> I hate stats when you judge performances but this one's relatively interesting okay so the last time West Ham won three games in a row um, by scoring three or more goals was in 1982 Wow, yeah. I wasn't even born then. No, exactly. Mm. That's so depressing, isn't it? I was born just, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but, um, yeah, I, it, um, but anyway, so yeah, I don't like, I don't mind stats like that. It's the ones where people say, Oh, well, he made, uh, <laughs> I this, hate stats like that. <laughs> when he made, you know, he made this 100% pass completion rate. I, yeah. I, I think I was trying to make the best out of a bad situation. No, you, I, I agree with yeah. what you said. A lot of people did, but the way I go back to it is a 100% pass completion rate, one pass to you standing there. That's 100%. Oh, yeah, yeah, pass I, I think that's rate. a load of trying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So these people that rely on it, you might as well just play football manager if stats are. All that matter, yeah, but, I think that's um, but what I was saying, yeah, if we were 4 4 2, we've got the results. I like the fact it's keeping strikers happy, it's much more entertaining to watch. You know, I think the football has been of a higher quality recently. Good feeling around that stadium, it as well. is, yeah, yeah. And I just don't think you should change it. I really don't. I mean, of course, if you're going to maybe Man City away, it's very risky to play 4 4 2 there, and you might want to consider being slightly more defensive. But on the whole, I think most games we've got to go into with this formation now, mm. and I'd love to know. How many people over the last three or four weeks, uh, maybe a little bit less than that, have walked away from that stadium whinging about the stadium? 
Yeah. Not many, I tell you. Yeah. And it's like I've always said, you know what? Is it, a, is it a perfect football stadium? No. But is it a football stadium? Yes. And what's my definition of that? There, there are 50,000 fans that sit in a circle around a football pitch and watch football players play football. That's a football stadium. Not a perfect one. Mm. It's not ideal. I'd make changes to it. But it is a football stadium. And when the roof comes off that place... How can anyone walk away whinging about it? And they don't. They whinge about it when things ain't going right and they want to take their frustrations out on something. Well, when, when Anderson's goal went in... That was a good atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. it absolutely erupted, yeah, it did, didn't it, it when it his did. goal went in? Yeah, it I don't did. think anyone was expecting that. No, it was such a good finish. I mean, oh, I turned around to my amazing. dad and I just yeah. said, wow, that is a great goal. Because yeah. it was, and you could just feel it, just the way it literally was perfect, I, the way the ball moved. i tell you what goal that reminded me. Remember Lanzini's against Chelsea away a few yeah, seasons yeah, ago? True. Yeah, it's true. Sort of rippled the net in the yeah, same way true. as well, yeah. didn't it? Yeah, and, and um, it, it's just <laughs> lovely to see goals like that again. Um, and, you know, we go into Fulham got to be confident going there you've got Watford at home after that That's a, you've got to be confident of that Southampton and Burnley away I mean literally are approaching what could be could be I know it's West Ham and I know no game's well, easy in the Premier League well, you, we should yeah. be expecting to win all of those well this is what we've been saying you know how important is this period for West Ham where we can seriously accumulate some points and put ourselves a decent position in the Premier League you know the fixture list is going to get more difficult because it's law of averages I think we started relatively difficult and now we're going through a nice period and we are going to hit some tough games um, moving forward in the new year but I think this little period is enough for us to accumulate some points secure ourselves in the top seven top eight maybe even higher if we get enough points and then we're going to start to face some tough games and that's when I think we're really going to see how far this current group of players have come because we've already nicked some good points off of teams you know we beat Man United we beat Everton away we drew with Chelsea they are capable but it's yes we're accumulating points now. We're finding consistency at long last. Fantastic. You know, it, I don't care who we beat as long as we beat them uh, and we get the points. But now what can we do after this little period when we can turn this season from a potentially good one to a great one? And that's where I think we're going to find out a lot about this group. Well, without, without being pessimistic and without having the typical West Ham supporter mentality, I'm not looking at this run of fixtures to kind of move into the top eight and into better things. I'm, I'm looking at it to sort of build a feather bed. Mm to build those points up so when we do face the um, tougher games mm. you know hopefully we'll be like well clear of relegation and above that sort of fi- uh, uh, bottom 15 mm. yeah I, I understand what you're saying just to make ourselves more comfortable and mm. you know for, for the first time in a couple of years not genuinely look over our shoulder at the bottom three which has mm. been which has been horrible at times over the last 24 months but I don't know I mean I've said this a few times on this show and maybe I'm naive but I just think that with the manager the investment the players the squad that we've got I, I like to set my sights a bit further than that statement. Yeah, I've been saying yeah. what you've been saying mm. since I was a kid, because that's what you expect of West Ham. Mm. But now, really, with the move, we're in a new. We, I like to think we're in one or approaching a new era where we should be setting our sights higher now, and we should be knocking on the door. Because you know, again, look, I don't mean to simplify this achievement because I'm sure there is some science to it. But if Burnley can finish sixth in the league or seventh, wherever they finished, and and got a European spot, why can't West Ham do that? Yeah. Why can't we do that? We've got the squad of players to do it. On our day, we can beat anyone. We've proved it. But we need consistency. And at last, we've got that. We've got to do it consistently you know, against the top sides, not just the average sides. Do you know what? That's a really good point, actually, Dave, because no one can no, no one can really question our expectation because that's the reason why we've moved there. Exactly. Exactly, yes. Yeah, so that's and, a really and, good point. And the fans yeah, have got yeah. the right now yeah, not, exactly. just, not to just hope for it, but to demand it. Yeah. 
you know and, and now it's it, it's it's interesting as a fan because we've gone from demanding that investment from the board because you're letting the football club down to now dem- or we should be now demanding it from the players because the board have delivered the investment to get those players and the investment has gone towards good signings in my opinion yeah, you know we're all excited and, and on this podcast now we're not just talking about one or two standout performers we're talking about five or six and it's so nice. We've come so far as a club now. We've got a lot of warmth towards Pellegrini, collectively as a fan base, not just us three in the studio. So we're moving across in the, in the right way. But, you know, if we don't achieve sixth, unrealistic, seventh, potentially, top eight, you know, almost definitely in terms of an expectation, then I, I think that it's been a mediocre slash disappointing season. Yeah, I mean, I definitely understand what you're saying, definitely, 100%. But what I still maintain as well is that anything for Pellegrini this year that's an improvement on last year is an achievement because I thought that he's got a three-year project and I believe that this first year needs to be, to be about improving what we had before. And if we, like Kev said, do you stay up comfortably, then that is an improvement. I agree. That isn't the ambitions we should show because I think we could challenge the top eight, but anything above what we've had under Moyes and Billich for the last two or three years is, is an improvement. So is it an improvement or an achievement? It's, it's both. It's an see, improvement. See, see, I don't think it is an achievement. I think it's an improvement. I, don't, I, th- I think the two are different. They are different, I guess, if you're looking at definitions. Because an improvement means being better than last year, but even if the expectations were low, it's still not an achievement. So I see what you're saying in terms of the vocabulary, but I think to have that many new players come in, particularly a large percentage from abroad, t- to then improve on what we had and finish in the top half will be an achievement as well. And next year's ultimately what you judge it on. But mm. I think I agree. That sounds like I've got two low ambitions because I do believe the way we're playing at the moment we should be looking to be finishing about eight. Yeah and, and it does sound like I'm slightly contradicting myself because on previous shows I have said I'm going to give Pellegrini and the boys a year to settle in and, and truly overcome that transitional period. Don't get me wrong and I, I fully stand by that um, but at the same time I would still be disappointed though accepting if we fell out of, of the top ten this season purely because I know we're better than that. Yeah. And, that, and that's all it is for me if we finished 11th that would be an improvement but it wouldn't be an achievement that's, yeah, it's, that's it's, my opinion but what would happen if we'd said that to you at the start of the season and we'd finish 11th you would have said that was an achievement what, what? and we'd sign the players that we'd signed and we got Pellegrini through the door yeah. no I said the same thing I, I, I would have said no I would, I would have said uh, a, large, a large improvement but not an achievement look we, have, we haven't really had a manager that has settled in properly. I'd probably say since I'd probably go back as far as as far as Redknapp, to be honest. Let's think. Let's have it right. Since then, we've had short-term fixes, and you know managers we've gone after. You know Zola being one of them, for example. He, he was a big name. You know he'd never had a job in football before, and that fell to bits. After that, Avram Grant, he lasted a year. After that was uh, Sam Allardyce. He was employed to do one job, which was to get us back up to stabilise the club, which he done. After that was Bilic, Ball's third or fourth choice, Moyes. You know, we've never really had that stability in a manager where he can actually build. We need, I wouldn't necessarily say we need someone like a Wenger where they're going to get 20 years because I don't think any manager is going to get 20 years now. Uh, Pellegrini's going to be alive in 20 years. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. But we really need to kind of build on a project now and mm. actually get st- some real stability 
I, I, and I, some longevity. I know Pellegrini hasn't got that long, but that's yeah. what this club needs now. Like this is the right time. Yeah, for I, it. I, I totally agree. To be quite honest, I think every club needs that. Every club needs that stability, and and not just with the manager, but with the playing staff as well, because we're all guilty of it. Um, firstly, because maybe our naivety, and, and we all think we're football managers as fans, thinking. Um, that we can identify exactly where the problems are at West Ham. But also, I think that coincides with your natural excitement of a transfer window coming. And you, you marry the two and you think, right, I think we should get him, I think we should get him, I think we should sign four players. But actually, in reality, I think there's a lot to be said for keeping the same group of players together um, and having that consistency and maybe just making the odd one or two uh, additions to the side. And that's why, yes, I think there are definitely areas that we need to strengthen, the fullback area being one of them. Um, but I, I, I'm not panicking too much about doing business in January. I certainly don't expect the ball to do business in January. I'm, I'm comfortable to wait to the summer, personally. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we're talking about uh, Mark Noble earlier on. It's just been announced that he's uh, signed a contract extension with the club for another 12 months. I mean, I, I came out on Twitter when I found that, and my first reaction was no doubt the same as you, you two and, and probably every other West Ham fan out there, in the sense that, I think the, the words I used were fantastic. We've rewarded the uh, the skipper of today. Now let's reward the skipper of tomorrow in Declan Rice. Uh, I know that we all agree that it's farcical, Declan's situation. We've spoke about it so many times on the show. I don't think we need to revisit that. But when it comes to March, do you think the club are right to give him another year? Yeah, 100%. He's so important to this football club. I don't club. think it's in doubt, really, is it? Yeah, but it's so important to this football club. And I think that gives a clear indication that he probably will end his career with West Ham. Yeah. You know, as it is, he's going to be a one-club man, which I think we all kind of knew in our heart of hearts anyway. But some players do go on to have a year elsewhere, like John Terry, for example, Frank Lampard. But um, it's so important to this football club on and off the pitch. I mean, you know, we all heard about, that, uh, about him having words after the Wolves game. He didn't even play in that game. You know, mm. so it's just so important to this football club, and I'm absolutely over the moon. Me too. He's massively, massively underrated at West Ham. Even, even today, when I I just put a thumbs up and the Irons badge on Twitter, just to say I agree with it. And even then, I got people saying, "Oh, he's rubbish. Why do you do this? Why do you get this? Almost boring." And um, and and I just think they underestimate how useful he is off the pitch. And I know, like you know. I guess me, us three could be useful off the pitch, but it is a massive, massive thing to have his presence in the dressing room, like Kev rightly said just then. But also, he, he since he's came back into the team from the suspension, he's played well. And it's no surprise that Declan Rice is playing as well as he is now in central midfield as one of two alongside him because Noble, you know, does the tidying up, gets into the, you know, clears up where he should do, or lets Declan play more. And, you know, I don't think Declan would have been as good as he has been if he was alongside Obiang for example I think Noble is massively underrated he's not world class he's probably not going to get any top Premier League teams but for what West Ham need him to do he does a good job and I think as I've always said when he retires or leaves West Ham he will be remembered so fondly compared to how he is now and I guarantee those people giving him stick now will in 10 years time be calling him a legend mm. just fickle yeah I know what you mean I mean it's probably the bit where people are going to throw their phones out the window when I say this. But I think with Mark, it's an interesting one because first and foremost, like every West Ham or, or like most West Ham fans on the back of the people you're talking about, X, I, I, I love him. I think he's everything that West Ham stand for. He's he's one of us. He's, he's a fan on the terraces playing in that shirt. Um, he's been through the highs and the lows. Yadda, yadda, yadda. Fantastic for West Ham. Also brilliant in the dressing room, as you said, Kev. Um, and, and you can't put a price on that. And he's been a fantastic servant to West Ham. But I will say that 
I don't know. Where Noble's concerned, I think he's either slated or massively praised. It doesn't really ever seem to have yeah. no balance, <laughs> is it? Nah, it doesn't seem that that way. And 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 I can understand that to be honest with you, because there's been times when I've torn my hair out with Nobes, and there's been times where I think he should have an England call up. There's other than that, he seems to go missing quite a lot. Um, and, and I think that you know a lot of people might say that's harsh. And I, you know, just remember that I am massively praising him as well. But you know, he does have a stinker sometimes. I, would also say I don't know to that which West Ham player in all the years he's been there hasn't done that and gone missing at times. You know, that's because we've been an inconsistent side. Well, I, th- um, I think I think as well what what probably hasn't helped Nobs this season in that respect is Declan Rice. I mean, I'm answering your question as well. I don't think he has gone missing probably once this season. And I think he's probably gone missing twice in two seasons. And he's 19 years old. So that would be my answer. And they're quite similar players. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And I think with that, the difference here is, is that Noble is a good Premier League player. Declan Rice, potentially, I'm saying potentially is the key word here, could be world class. Yeah, you know, he, is, he, is, he is a different ball game you're talking about there oh massively it's not even a question of it he's massively Mm. more talented and given any day of the week I'd take Rice over Noble I'd take a 19 year old Rice over a 19 year old Noble but the the thing is you just can't underestimate Noble's importance you know even if he's on the bench with 20 minutes to go he's a good player to bring on and I do do agree I'm not disagreeing with that I do agree and I think the thing is here as well is that um that he the players love him they respect him you know and every single manager don't forget that's managed West Ham since 2003 or 4 when Noble first broke into the team has picked him and we're talking Pellegrini we're talking Every single manager, you know, um, Allardyce, Moyes, you know, Moyes has managed. Yeah, they've all they've all picked him. And if he was that bad, he wouldn't get picked. You know, one of these managers would have got rid of him by now, not made him captain and tried to get him a new deal. And that just shows that these people that are paid the money they are as football managers see him as a good player. So I don't understand why other people can't accept. Well, there must be something I'm not seeing here because every other manager does. I mean, look, another good example was. Lucas Neal when we had him he wasn't the best mm. but I tell you what the, the players absolutely they spoke so highly of him this is in the dressing room you know he got them all together they went go-karting and, all, and that was part of the great escape they a lot of people talk about Tevez in the great escape but they said he had a massive part to play in that Noble great was brilliant Lucas that year Neal. as well yeah. mm. no but yeah. Noble I, I, the four I, the five I always remember Azamora Tevez yeah, Noble Noves. Lucas Neal and um, Robert Green yeah. they're the five I always think of that made the big difference see, see I'm, I'm going to put my cock in a block now and say this right <laughs> I, I, I think I think it'd, be, it'd have to be a big block apparently so that's right yeah more like a, more like a boulder I think when it comes to Nobes, I think if we're talking on playing ability alone, right, because I will say, right, that I, I think rightfully so, a massive part of how we view Mark Noble is who he is as a person, yeah, the type definitely. of leader that he is, and the impact he has on the club and the players in the dressing room. Oh, he's a room. West Ham boy. Yeah, he's one of us, yeah. yeah. So if you take all of that away, and you take the emotion out of Mark Noble, which you, you shouldn't do in everyday life because it's a massive part of why we love him. And that's a massive part of why you say it, he'll be remembered for years to come, rightfully so. But if you strip that back and you just look at playing ability alone and you take an average of 
his fantastic games, and he does have fantastic games, and you look at his really poor games, and he does have really poor games, I personally think he's quite an average player. Well, look, that's like saying if that's like saying if you took the aggression out of a twenty-four-year-old Wayne Rooney, he's not going to be the same player, is he? No, no, but that's still that's still playing ability. I that's, think that's I think that's really harsh. I don't. Think yeah, I has, think, and I think a lot of people. Would I don't agree think with he has I as think, many bad games as you're saying. No, I'm he, not. He definitely doesn't. No, and I don't mm. think I'm not saying I'm not sitting here saying I think he's a brilliant, world-class player. And how lucky are we? I just think he does a job. That's probably the best way to describe it. And there's not many that well, do the job as well as he does. Well, it was so long ago where a lot of our supporters at games were absolutely screaming at him and going fucking pass it forward mm. you know that's that's not his job to do that everyone's looking for the beautiful FIFA through ball Mm, yeah, but he's even That's passing it more forward now he because he's now, got better players to pass exactly. to. You know, you can't pass to someone that's not there and you can't pass to someone that's not going to be able to control it. You know, so I think the fact that he's got the likes of Anderson and, um, you know, Snodgrass playing well around him has helped. Yeah, but I mean, you say about the, the, the fans screaming at him. Uh, at times, I've been one of those fans because, yeah, I take your points, there's better players to pass to, but has that really ever stopped you making an ambitious pass because there might be a slightly lower grade of player than Philip Anderson? You can't make an ambitious pass to someone that's not there. Yeah, but, yeah, but see, so, mm. see, when you were saying earlier, right, about the stat that you love so much, right, where if you can make one pass to a three-yard yeah. uh, man, yeah. right, and then get it back and then make it again, get it back, make it again. That's 100% pass completion. Yeah. For me, Mark Noble is that player that does that. Now, now yes, you, yes, you can say, well, that's his job to do that, etc. But then, yes, okay, I understand that. But then he would also fall in the bracket of a player that doesn't really um, stand out in games for me. He, he will have moments. He will have moments. And, and, and there are strengths to Mark's game. He's great at set pieces. He gives 110% and he can break play up and, and at times be more ambition than he is, ambitious than he is with the ball most of the time, in my opinion. But then again, you make the comparison with Declan Rice. He, by definition, is doing the same role and he's absolutely outstanding. But, and no one's shouting to Declan. Player, to, yeah, but more no, of a player, no, though, isn't he, Declan? So, yeah, but so then we're talking about playing ability and we're saying then that Mark... Isn't as good as Declan. Yeah, but that's a, that's obvious. He's not as good as Declan. Um, I know, and no way are they even comparable because Declan could get into any top class team. Noble couldn't. And I'm not saying Noble. Um, it, you know, I'm not sitting here saying Noble's a wonderful player. But for for you he does to his say, job really well yeah, for exactly. Us. And yeah. also, he's he has been man of the match a number of times this year. He's also been because yeah, ha- he's been great. Yeah, and he's also been hammer of the year a number of times. Hammer of the because year because he was great. Yeah, but he's also been poor. consistently for a whole season. He was great. Because he got Hammer of the Year. But then let me ask you a question then. So when we were talking about the Lanzini debate, Mark Noble was the first person you called us dropping. Only over him and Declan Rice, because I'm saying Declan Rice is world class. So you wouldn't play free in midfield then? I'd rather have Mark Noble over Jack Wilshire at the moment. I'd rather have Mark Noble than Obiang, but I'd rather have Declan Rice than Mark Noble. But so, in order of central midfielders, I've got him second. And and you would rather drop Mark Noble than lose one of the two strikers? At this point, yeah. Okay. No, that's fine. Right. Because I think the formation's working really well. Yeah, but do you know what, though? It, it, this is a lovely problem to have. Mm-hmm. It's an absolute lovely problem to have, talking like this. Who would you drop? You know, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want to drop Mark Noble, but he'd be the player that would go for me as well. Oh, yeah. If you had to pick one of him or Rice, it would be stupid yeah, to say anything yeah. different because Rice is clearly a better player and contributes as much as Noble does, but that is because Rice is world-class, see, in my opinion, or will be. And see... And this is probably going to surprise you as to how this conversation's evolved. I wouldn't drop Mark Noble. 
because he's the club captain. He, you know, he can have fantastic games, uh, and he, he can he can have poor games. I mean, sh- surely you've seen Mark Noble have poor oh, games. Oh yeah, I'm not yeah. saying that, but you were saying like it was almost one poor game, one good game. It's much more many good games than it is poor games. Well, yeah, but see, I would, I don't think it's overwhelming. In my opinion. Oh, that's just my opinion. Well, then the other managers would have dropped it by now or sold it. Look, lads, he's got a new contract. Yeah. We're all over the moon. I, I know. You know it, come on. Yeah, and I'm over the moon. I'm yeah. over the moon. See, the one thing that's difficult on radio is sometimes you can say something and it can get interpreted or blown into another. I'm not saying I hate Mark Noble. No, I love Mark sure. Noble. I'm not sure. I think you are. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. You were dropping at Fulham. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but, but no, but no, seriously. I swear we're not fair. But, <laughs> but seriously, I think one of the key reasons that Mark Noble hasn't been dropped by all of these managers, yes, he's, he's a good player, Mark. He is a good player, but he's also the club captain. So for a new and manager to come in, he wasn't a club captain until he wasn't a club captain until Nolan left. He played for many managers before. Yeah, Nolan. but I also, yeah, but yeah, but I also think, yeah, yeah, vice captain. But I also think, firstly, you know, I think Mark has like every single player, like every single professional footballer. I don't think Mark's going to get better and better and better. No, he won't now. So, but that's my point. So yes, you know, he might have been a better player years ago. Is, is my argument than maybe what he has been since he's been captain. I don't know. Obviously, last season at the bowling, he was phenomenal. Yeah. And then the last two years, I, honestly speaking, I think he's been up and down. That's just my opinion. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think the, the only thing that winds me up about Nobes is he loses possession too much. I think, he, it, when, I think when he, he tries to do his little Parker turn, he loses possession from Farsi. Right, so, yeah. So, so let me get to the specifics, right? And then we'll nip this in the bud because <laughs> I just know I'm going to put Twitter on after this show and then it's going to be a hate day, day campaign. That would be doing quick, quick yeah, show today as well. I know. But listen, my gripes with... Right, let's start... No, let's start with the negatives, right? My gripes with Nobes is... I think he gives possession away too easily, like you say, Kev. I think he gives silly free kicks away in silly positions. Mm. Um, I think sometimes he oversimplifies the game. He's got a silly booking in him as well. Yeah, I think I think he oversimplifies the game and sometimes takes the easier option too many times. And when some of those times from the stands, you can see a pass that he probably should make, but it'll take the safer option. And those really are the things that frustrate me with Mark. The good things are, he's Mr. West Ham, he's fantastic with the lads, he's idolised by the fans, he's the club captain, he's fantastic from set pieces, and on his day, he's a really, really good player. So yeah. I'm not saying I don't rate Mark Noble, I'm saying he, he should be on the first t- the first on my team sheet every week because he's the club captain, and we know what he can do. But... When you're, you're saying, oh, fans say this and I can't understand people. Well, I can, to a point, understand where people get frustrated with him. And I can understand why you two yeah, may be overpraising. Again, again, I'm going to go into something completely different now. That coincides with the comment that he once made, though, when he said, West Ham fans don't understand the game. Yeah, yeah, I know. I think he was speaking about Dave's perspective. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he predicted the future and saw you dropping him at Fulham Saturday. <laughs> but, do you know, but do you know what, though? <laughs> I, I agree with... Sorry for cutting you it's off, mate. Right. I keep on doing this. Sorry. Right. I totally agree with what you say, but I'm 50-50 that because I totally agree with what he said at the time as well. The thing is, yeah. I, what, what I disagree with there is actually, and I'm going to get off for a negative to Noble, you said you think he's great at set pieces. I don't. I think he should stay over the wall, well away that? from corners and free kicks yeah, and I'm, pr- I'm probably, I actually think I'm he's probably over, over-emphasising penalties in my mind, to well, be honest Okay, well, yeah, good at penalties, definitely. But for uh, and, uh, the thing is, yeah, some players that have been 
had fantastic careers that have, and I'm not saying that Noble's in the same ilk as these players because obviously they've been more talented than Noble but there have been players that have played for teams for many a year just because of the, the leadership qualities they offer the work ethic they offer and the fact that they can motivate other players now absolutely I, yeah and, and I think that's why he's the first name on the team well, yeah, sheet for me I think that's why his contribution is underplayed sometimes because they're right people look at him and think okay he's made a sideways pass there okay he's done this he's done that but actually his contribution if you take the fact that that isn't that frequent and he does offer good things football wise is then magnified by the fact that he can get other players to play a lot better than they would alongside someone that isn't a leader in midfield yeah. it's, it's interesting because he's got to be the only player in my lifetime that's played for any club across any club in the world where I'd look at him and I think I think sometimes he's overrated sometimes he's underrated I mean I'm even confusing myself a little bit about what I mean even though I know what I mean oh, yeah, yeah. but I, I, look, I suppose I'm saying what you're saying Kev to some degrees that I can see why people praise him and I can see why at times people don't um, he he I don't know. He can frustrate me and he can amaze me. Yeah, and, I, and as, as I say, I'm not sitting here saying he's world-class. You know, if I was Manchester City or Liverpool or whatever, I wouldn't even look at signing him, but I would look at signing Declan Rice if I was those clubs. Mm. But I think for what West Ham have needed and still need to a certain degree, he can do a good job. And there is certainly a place for him in West Ham's squad and the new contract you, is good news. I mean, I mean, just Sorry, Kev, just very, very, very quickly. To flip a previous argument of yours on its head, where you said, why has every manager picked him? And you're probably going to use your ITK to manipulate your answer on this one because there's no way of proving it. Why is, why, <laughs> I'll reverse that question to you. Why has no other club ever come in for him? But how do you know they haven't come in for him? I'm sure clubs come in for him well, when we, we got relegated. Well, we, 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 sure we seem to know him for him when we got relegated. They have. Fulham, them. Sunderland. Okay, they're not yeah, well, well class clubs. But okay, yeah, so, all right. So, yeah, but you're talking about I know pony. That story about you're talking about Fulham pony well. clubs there. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about pony clubs. I mean, you'd rather play for West Ham in a championship than Sunderland or Fulham in a Premier League, in my opinion. Yeah, but... You know, if, if, if he's... probably tomorrow, you know, played in a bloody European Cup. <laughs> well, true, yeah. All right, given that isolated season. But, you know, so, yeah, I just think club captaincy, the fact he's one of our own the fact he knows the clubs inside out the fact that he's already an ambassador for West Ham even though he's still playing and the fact that he's a leader carries him a long way and then when you couple that with outstanding performances like we've seen especially in recent times he's the first name on the team sheet all I'm saying is I'm jumping to the defence a little bit of people that get slated for being negative at times about Mark because I can see that at times if there's, if there's one player at that club that knows what the West Ham way is it's him Million percent. That is it. Million He's percent. the only player that knows what the West Ham way is. Million percent. Mm. Uh, right, okay, let's move on from Mark Noble, but genuinely, brilliant news. He's got a contract extension. Let's do the same with Declan Rice, for Christ's sake. Um, right, so let's, let's talk about Fulham, because it's our next game, uh, and then we'll go to your section next. Mm. Saturday, I mean, it's another game I think that you'd look at and expect to win, even though it's away from home. Um, I'm still waiting for that new manager effect to take effect, and I just hope that it doesn't happen on Saturday. I mean, maybe it'll never take effect and they're a doomed club. I and mean, what's your thoughts on, on the game at Craven Cottage? Well, uh, well, they're desperate for points, aren't they? So, but again, we're on a roll. I mean, we're on fire at the moment. Uh, I'd be really disappointed if we do, if we lose that game. Really disappointed. I think we should at least get a draw um, and should be looking to win. You know, we're on form at the moment and they're not on form. You know, they just got battered at Manchester United 15 years ago. That wouldn't have really mattered, but now that does. And um, and I just I think I think they are. Going to be better than they are at the moment, but I think we can. We should still go there and look for a win. Uh, 
I, I, I fancy our chances, but, but I'm all for this predicting business unless it doesn't involve West Ham. I won £500 <laughs> at the weekend. Yeah. But, uh, did you? But, yeah, did I not tell you that? You told I me did tell you were hammered. No. I, I told you a lot on Saturday. <laughs> probably not getting everything wrong tonight, even his bloody table <laughs> show. Yeah, exactly. It don't sound like me. I yeah. told you so much on Saturday, <laughs> and you told me so much as well, actually, on that night. Uh, one of them was how much you love Mark Noble. And, uh, I do love Mark Noble. Anyone that what is it with you? Don't make the f- fan the flame, because... I'm probably going to have to answer a lot of really annoying questions on Twitter later. Go get him. So Twitter, do. Dave <laughs> underscore Walker. Tell him what a wanker he That's is. Right. We're not liking yeah. Mark well, Noble. My tag isn't Dave underscore Walker. So it isn't it? You feel okay. your boots, people. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> um, yeah, I am. Um, I'm getting tired. I forgot what I was talking about now. Yeah, I think we should. I think we should definitely look to win. Okay, so come on, predictions. Do you know what? I don't want to get too overly confident. It's getting a bit tedious, isn't it? Eight nil. I, I, I think it's going to. I think it's going to be another convincing win. I don't think it's going to be convincing. No, I, I think I'm going to, I'm going to say three nil, mate. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm going to say 3-0 what, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> part of me thinks 1-0 but uh, win, yeah, I think 1-0 or 2-1 West Ham 2-1's yeah, what I'm going for definitely and, and again if we don't get a win then that's a disappointing day yeah definitely and I mean if we win another game if Kev's right by three goals God, I don't know when that would go back to four wins yeah, in a row for everywhere at the moment the goals aren't they that's why I'm feeling quite confident yeah because we're not just relying on an out of it they're coming from all over the park at the moment so. I, f- I think Noble's going to get a hat trick and point to, <laughs> point to F, <laughs> F off I Dave Walker love, t-shirt no, we've got quality coming off of the bench as well yeah. if yeah. the starting eleven aren't performing now what, what he'll do is he'll point to you and he'll say you want it to drop me you can <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you're trying to turn this on me Mate, shy, you're, the noble, you're the noble hater here, let's stop it. <laughs> yeah, well, you think Philip Anson's lazy and he's our best player. Uh, <laughs> Don't think he's lazy. I think he's a trap back. You know, you're biting there, look. <laughs> My <laughs> underscore is WHX employed WUFC. They go get me as well. Don't forget, I've got the channels here, mate. I can cut you whenever yeah, I want. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> right, okay. As I'm sure you know by now, as a listener to this podcast, you are entitled to a free case of craft beer from beer52.com. Beer52 is the world's most popular monthly craft beer discovery club searching out incredible and exclusive small batch beers from the world's greatest breweries and bringing them back for their members try your first case for free just pay the £2.95 postage and that's eight incredible craft beers a ferment magazine and a snack delivered next day shipping there's no minimum commitment you can just take the free case try the beers and see what you think if it's not for you you can cancel at any time Beer52 has a five star rated um, accreditation on Trustpilot so it's easy to see why their members love the service so to take advantage of this offer please go to www.beer52.com forward slash West Ham after this it's news and views with X Difficult preaching is posthumous pleasure Pleasure in preaching starts in the heart Something that stimulates the music in a measure Measure in the music, racing three parts Casually see but don't do like the soul Cause seeing and doing are actions for monkeys Doing hip hop hustle, no rock and roll Unless your name's Brewster, cause Brewster's a punky Parents let go cause it's magic in the air Criticizing rap cause you're out of order Stop looking, listen to the phrase of Fred Astaire's And don't get offended while Mace Dosi does your daughter A dry camera roll system is now set Fly around the store under Daisy Productions It stands for the inner sound 
Some y'all ain't gonna bet that the action not a trick, but show me the function. Everybody wants to be a DJ, everybody wants to be an MC, but being speakers are the best, and you don't have to guess. Still, our so posse consists of three, and that's the magic number. This here piece of the pie is not dessert, but the cost that we dine And three out of every darn time, the effect is mmm with a daisy grows in your mind Showing true position, this here piece is kissing the part of the pie that's missing Where that negative number fills up the casualty Maybe you can subtract it, you can call it your lucky partner Maybe you can call it your adjective but odd as it may be, without my one and two, where would there be my three mates passing me? And that's the magic number. What does it all mean? Focus is formed by flaunt of the soul. Souls who fall style gain praise by pounds. Common on speakers who honor the scroll. Scroll written daily creates a new sound. Listeners, listen, cause this here is wisdom. Wisdom of a speaker, a dumb and a plug. Set aside a legal substance and feed them for now. Get them high off this dialect jury. Time is a factor, so it's time to count. Count not the negative actions of one. Speakers of soul say it's time to shout. Three forms the soul to a positive sum. Dance to this fix and flex every muscle. Space can be filled if you ride like my lumber. Advance to the tune, but don't do the hustle. Shake, rattle, roll to my magic number. Now you may try to subtract it, but it just won't go away. Three times one. What is it? One, two, three. And that's a magic number. Yours, what you got for us? What do you think the first section is? <laughs> no, <laughs> Mark Noble. No, I don't know. The usual. Oh, injuries. Oh, God, how, did, how did I take I three guesses? I was going to say, I'm working with amateurs. I today. know. Like, two, okay. two years of always having reliable injury information because <laughs> we're West Ham United. That was a bit of a creepy, I never predatory it. eyebrow raiser. Yeah, <laughs> that's what the I and ITK stands for. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, basically, Pires um, sustained a hole in his foot um, from. <laughs> As you do. Uh, yeah, exactly, from the Palace game. Um, that's why he was taken off at half time. Uh, it actually seemed tactical at the day, but it wasn't. It was because of that fair um, to say a hole in the foot sounds quite serious um, well yeah it is obviously serious at the top of the foot though so um, where, obviously where you strike it I guess so I, I I don't know I've never really diagnosed a hole in the foot before is when I've done this show but um, he hasn't resumed training yet so I guess you know I think there's plans for him to come back this week but I guess the Fulham game is 
possibly a doubt now unless he resumes training tomorrow but um yeah he hasn't trained so far Cresswell was on the bench at the weekend he is fully fit to feature um should he be needed against Fulham Wilshire is still touch and go whether he'll be fit for the game um I think there's a strong chance that he will be but it's not been confirmed yet either and I think that's all the kind of current injury news Andy Carroll is still fit I guess that is news <laughs> rather than being injured um not that he had an injury knock but the fact he's still still been here for two weeks in a row I think is uh, his news you want to write that down print it out and frame it mate. well exactly mate um, in terms of transfers um, a lot of the transfers in the January window um, is going to depend on whether we sell players um, I think obviously having spent 100 million in the summer um, the club are going to be reluctant to spend a huge amount in January player sales will generate cash I think we will um, loan players as well so there will be a few um, new players coming in but mainly loans unless we ship out a few I think Oxford is likely to go most likely to Germany I think the talk of um, Manchester City and other clubs like that are agent fueled um, the, the same agent linked Quinner to Barcelona at the start of the year um, has regularly linked Oxford to a number of clubs he contacted me a few times and asked me to put out stories about Oxford so I, I think you have to take that news a pinch of salt but I think the German clubs are still interested as far as Sam I mean, Nasri goes. Um, he's been training really well. I think the club, Pellegrini especially, is very keen to sign him. Um, as I said uh, last week, uh, he's been quite popular with the players. I think he is desperate to sign for us mainly because of Pellegrini but probably because he hasn't and it's oh, and it's London but also because he probably hasn't got any other decent offers but um, I think he'd be prepared to come for um, a lower rate than was first originally touted you know when he first came I don't think it'll be near 100,000 um, which is good um, bit of news that came out of the supporters I don't know if they're called supporters advisory board anymore but whatever that new group's called um, Karen Brady confirmed that the uh statue that's at Upton Park will not be moving to the stadium now so that's going to be staying um, at Upton Park and they're going to build a new statue to um, I guess replicate that at the London Stadium that is open to discussion as to what that statue will be which um, should provide some interesting discussions but um, yeah the original one is going to stay I know we debated that quite a few times on, on the show Um we have been in touch with Chelsea about a number of their players, uh, potentially for loans, so we'll see if anything comes from that. Um, and that's pretty much it, I think, for now. Mm. Right, okay. I'm not too sure I've got any questions for you, mate, to be honest. No, and in the interest of time, let's uh, say I'm not going to answer any. <laughs> let's uh, move on to the... You're uh, a tired little soldier tonight. I am, You've mate, had a tough I'm, old day today. I am, mate. It's been a horrendous day. I'm going to put a public plea out there. If anyone's got an easier job that wants to pay the same and have a talented young man like myself working for you, then uh, get in touch. You know <laughs> how to... <laughs> He's a drug dealer for those, I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Right, okay. So after this short little break, it's going to be the last part of the show which is questions from our collective followers on social media so don't go anywhere Exco give it to you wait for you to get it on your own Exco deliver to you Exco give it to you he gon' give it to you Exco give it to you
Right, welcome back to the final part of the show, where as always you've been kind enough to send us your questions, and Kev is going to kick us off with the first one. At West Ham 14 says, what has been the biggest revelation you've heard at one of your events, and have you ever considered going outside footballers at one? Dave's mates with Colton, that would be interesting. As I just said, it was four years ago today we interviewed Colton Leach. Yeah, so, so I was going to say, so he's talking about Colton Leach there, yeah, and that's incredible, that was four years ago. Mm. Uh, the answer to that question is yes, we have thought about it, and... Uh, uh, me and XM Waldy was was kind of coming up with an idea. I don't know if we should say this or not, really, because it probably to might not happen. But we was we was thinking of an idea, um, which is turf to terraces, where it wouldn't be on a match day as it typically is. It'd be I don't know a week night or a, or a weekend night, where we get two players that played uh, on the pitch, and then there's two kind of legends off the pitch, if you like. Which was me and Carlton. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Leech, uh, exactly. and, and uh, X. Yeah, um, the trouble is, X, you were too expensive. So we had to yes, count it that's you. right. Yeah. Um, but no, it was, it was going to be Colton Leach and Cass Pennant, and uh, probably Mark Ward and Frank McAvenny, which I thought would be a fantastic idea and would probably um, appeal to a wider audience as well. So never say never. It's something that we would look at. Um, and uh, yeah, watch this space. There's, there's others potentially lined up for that. But for now, we're just concentrating on players. I mean, in terms of biggest revelation, that's really hard, isn't it? Because every single event, you get something said by someone you think, oh, wow, really? I never knew that. Um, so it's hard to actually pinpoint Do one. Do you mind if I to that one? Go on then. The Carl on Carl one when he said that Avram Grant put on a video of fucking Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to inspire so Make sure them. you watch this video. And he was like, yeah, it's really good, boss, but we fucking footballers. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah, that was interesting, yeah, wasn't no. it? There's <laughs> so right? many, isn't yeah. there? Like, there, 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 really, wow. there really is. And that's the beauty of these events. Everyone has a story to tell. And because they're all retired and they don't play anymore, they don't have to worry about what they say. Yeah. So this is another reason why these events are so special is because you get the raw unedited version of hearing your heroes talk how they've never talked before because they're in front of a crowd in a, in a working man's environment. It's not corporate. It's not an ambassadorial uh, appearance from them. And you get to hear laughs, cries, controversy, you name it. So mm-hmm. that, for, for that reason, and because you get it from all of them, uh, I think that's too difficult to answer. Not not on the spot, anyway. No. I found um, David Cross, when he talks about having, was it like a toy pig or something? In yeah, his, Lucky in, Charm. In Lucky Charm in his sock when he was playing in the FA Cup final or something. That was quite interesting yeah. to hear. Like now, whenever you see him play, his pitch of this little pig, a pig in his sock and stuff. <laughs> yeah. that and, was then, quite... uh, and then he gave that, that precious Lucky Charm to his daughter, who's a professional cricket player, and she lost it, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, been so many. Good, really good question actually yeah, it is I mean if we thought about it we could come up with some really good yeah. ones mm. but um, the beauty of these events a little bit as well is almost that they can say these things and it doesn't get out there so we'd have to be a little bit careful how shocking the revelation was yeah, but because uh, I think the players talk in confidence so to speak but uh, yeah there's been some really interesting stuff a lot of, some interesting stuff around Red Nap I seem to think from like you know, Ian Pierce, John Moncur uh, players like that that played for Red Nap like Steve Lomas Alvin Martin uh, yeah, yeah he did yeah seem to remember some interesting stories about him mm, interesting but, uh, impressions as well yes it became right, yeah. like a, a standard um, thing at these events where ex-players that played under Redknapp would always do the famous twitching impression yeah exactly almost became expected that's right yeah um, right at Dashev Alex where do you hope or expect we finish in the table for the next three seasons including this one considering this is just the start of Pellegrini's project by the way love the show and listen every week from the States oh, good for you mate that's great appreciate that 
Um, I think, where do you hope we expect to finish? I think if we can finish mid-table, 10th or above this season, we'll be fine. I think we need to then move on to 8th next year, uh, minimum. And then I guess after that, a challenge for 6th place. So steady two positions each year. Yeah, no, I'd Mm -hmm. agree with that. And and at some point, uh, a decent cup run in competitions that we take seriously mm. which is a fair expectation I think for any fan yeah yeah. no I'm agree. I agree with that okay um, this one is from Gavin Greenway at D1 Banjo um, regarding the fabulous career uh, fabulous cheer when Anderson gets that third goal can we agree the big feel uh, London Stadium Raw can become the folklore legend of the team in the future. Do we think Anderson Diop, without knowing uh, pre-16 history, are enjoying being part of this team in such an iconic venue? And do you know what? I will say this. Whether you agree with the kind of positive context in in how that question's been asked, it's so nice to see a question asked or a topic raised in such a positive way about that stadium. Because I really have have become quite sick and tired of people whinging about that stadium now. There's nothing we can do about it. The bowling's gone. We have to embrace this place whilst we've got it. And we'll we'll create our own history and our own memories. And, and, you know, as the first one to answer that question, uh, yes, I, I certainly hope so. But one thing's for sure, we're certainly going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that, mate. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. For new players coming in that don't know the history and the romance, I guess, of Upton Park, like Diop and Anderson, and from abroad, that if you was to show them, right, here's Upton Park and here's the London Stadium, which stadium would you rather play in? I'd guess that both of them would probably say the London Stadium without knowing the history and the, the character that Upton Park gave. I still miss Upton Park a lot. I'm not going to lie. I do, and I can't. I don't think that will ever change. No, however, however, the London Stadium can have a good atmosphere at it when we make it. And as you say, the Palace game, second mm. half, it was buzzing in there. And when Anderson's goal went in, it was buzzing. So mm. I think, I think if we can continue to achieve things on the pitch, we'll create memories of that stadium positively, which we don't have at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, Kev, do you want to answer the one that Dave skipped? No, you can if you want. Okay. Yeah, go on. Right, um, so, uh, JC Hammer 13, if you could choose between a seventh place finish and reaching the FA Cup semi-final this season, what would you go for? What do you think would represent a bigger step forward for the club? Seventh. Seventh. Oh, seventh. Because, because yeah. an FA Cup semi-final was a heartache of not getting to the final. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and, no, seventh. All day, and no, also, question. teams like Wigan and... Other teams of that kind of stature exactly. have yeah, got to, to that, have yeah, got yeah. to semis and finals um, in recent years. So I don't. Whilst it would be a good achievement for us because we never do it, um, apart from the Liverpool one, um, I'd much rather have seventh. That's consistency, mm. yeah. right? mm. and also it doesn't depend on luck of the draw as well. And not not only that, how many semi-finals? Not just have we been involved in that anyone's been involved in, lost and remembered fondly. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like there's one from Ben Allen where he talks about Lanzini, but I think we've I think we skipped that one because yeah, we spoke yeah. about that in depth, didn't we? But thanks yeah. for your question. Yeah, anyway, ben, Exeter mate. dropped Noble for that, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Says him sticking a, a pin into his Noble voodoo doll over there. <laughs> stop it, Dave! Ah, stop it, Dave! Stop it, Dave! Hey, I'm trying to read the question. Are <laughs> oh, you bastard? I got the headphones on. I'm fucking kill me. Listen to everyone driving in their car tomorrow. <laughs> no, no, no. Fucking six. 
six fatalities <laughs> tomorrow, and you have yeah, eleven exactly, on the back yeah. of that. Yeah. Uh, so that's <laughs> like every actually day. That uh, t- to be fair, I, I wouldn't need the voodoo doll. I can have Mark himself on Saturday because he wouldn't be playing next. Would he? <laughs> Just stick pins in him. <laughs> <laughs> right, this is from um, at that Walshy kid. Uh, gents, it was mentioned on the show that we are looking for a new midfielder. Arsenal have come out saying they won't be renewing Aaron Ramsey's contract at the end of the season. Would you take him? Um, I would, 100%, because yeah, I, he I think he's a quality player and I think he should play more for Arsenal. The only problem with Aaron Ramsey, like Jack Wilshire, is that he's too injury prone. And if we yeah. could have him and Jack Wilshire being injury prone together, well, I don't think that will achieve much. I think Aaron Ramsey is a very good player. I think he's underrated. Um, and I think, you know, you see the impact he had when he came on as a sub against Tottenham for them, changed the game then. So I think, I think he is a great player, but... But again, how many of these injury-prone players can West Ham afford to carry? And I don't think we can afford to carry. Him and Wilshire at the same club again as well. Is that? Then I again, think... I, don't, I don't think it'd come to us, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. And and do you know what? He is injury-prone, and that would be a hell of a lot of money collectively at West Ham, and we'd be paying people to sit on the medical table for. Yeah, you know, that's a real concern. That. X is you, mate. Um, well, it's a question that I can't actually answer, so I'm going to have to let you, I don't watch it. So. Uh, do you know what? Um, I, I don't either. So, Kev, I hope you're a Game of Thrones man, mate. Otherwise, yeah, this, this question's dead. Irish bearded man has said, if West Ham was a character from Game of Thrones, who would we be? Well, I would say Jon Snow. <laughs> Why? Because it's the bastards from the north. <laughs> Even though West Ham are from the north, but I say the West Ham as a club is just a is just a big bastard. <laughs> there you go. Years, anyway. Well, I feel easier Snow. about my yeah. nobles. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. My noble debate. Yeah. If West Ham was a character, it'd definitely be Jon Snow, bastard. Because yeah. West Ham are bastards. Yeah. That's at Kevin Slade SDCC. Yeah. Yeah. If you, uh, you want to get on him after this after this show, I feel we're safe now, mate. Yeah, to be I fair, I was going to say yeah, yeah. I feel really easy about yeah, the noble exactly. debate now. Yeah. Um, I think that's a horrendous thing to say, Kevin. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> I always thought John Snow was a Channel 4 presenter. Yeah, so, so did I. That's unless what I he's, thought. Unless he's really up to his game. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Don't sound too intimidating to me. But, no. Uh, <laughs> right, this is from um, West Ham Fan Zone. Uh, good lads or lad that run that as well. Um, hope you're well, mate. Has Pellegrini had talks with Antonio in recent weeks? He looks back to full fitness. Uh, he's posting positive stuff on social media and he seems much happier when he's playing and when we score. Um, in brackets, such as jumping and punching the air when Anderson scored on Saturday. Um, yes, we talking have. about Saturday when he played that whole game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Um, <coughs> yeah he has and you know another thing I got slated on the show for saying was that um, he had been spoken to by Pellegrini and told he had to raise his fitness and that um, Pellegrini had concerns I said that on the show got slated for it but as a result you can see the results of Pellegrini do it I say these things when I say that to show positivity in the manager to show that he's addressing issues that need addressing so he noticed this with Noble he addressed it sorry with Antonio got Noble on the brain he noticed it with Antonio he addressed it and now we're seeing a better Antonio he noticed things with Anderson that I mentioned before about the sort of working a little bit harder and tracking back he's addressed that Anderson's playing better he spoke to the fullbacks about defending as a unit but perhaps on the back of the Palace game that's not the best thing to comment on but we kept a clean sheet against Cardiff and I thought our fullbacks played well mm. so when I identify these things it's not to dig out players it's to show what the club are working on and targeting improvements and I think the positive thing that we can see as fans is there's impact because these 
things that I'm pointing out, the improvements are there in the games afterwards. So I think, yes, Antonio has um, been working on stuff with Pellegrini and that was shown by a good performance against Cardiff and hopefully a continued good performances. The next uh, question is a really good question, actually. Um, at Ian L 80s X, if you... If you had, if you had to pick, if you had, it smells like me. If you had had to pick, give Rice a new contract or pay Arnie <clears throat> Arnie more money to keep him. What one would you pick? Obviously, doesn't want our opinion on that, Kev. So we'll just take a step back. Yeah, on this. Too right. I, I'm glad yeah. that Ian knows where the real uh, knowledge is. <laughs> <at>. um, <laughs> none taken in. <laughs> Why is there a picture of the Netherlands thrown in as well for that one? <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, can, have you got that on your yeah. as well? Yeah. No, um, I, I, th- I think. He, I I think he must have tweeted from somewhere because it, that's the the app that I use. It comes up where they've tweeted from. Mm. Uh, which I mean, I'm not a betting man, yeah. but Netherlands would be a good. <laughs> yeah. would be a good well, no, he's got London there as well, <laughs> or possibly even Holland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to throw you, <laughs> Hainal boys there. Right, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, um, in that picture. Yeah, um, I would. I would. If you had to give Rice a new contract or pay Arnie more money, it would be 100% give Rice a new contract. And the reasons are Rice is 19 and Outswitch is 29. So in terms of years service, you're going to get a lot more out of an out, uh, out of rice. Anatovic is on approximately a hundred odd grand, as it is. Decker Rice is on three grand. So in terms of who deserves it, then clearly Rice would deserve it more than Anatovic. I think Decker Rice is the future captain of this club. Um, it would all be um, Rice. I don't want Anatovic to leave. I love Anatovic. I think he's a very talented player and exciting to watch. But given the choice out of the two of them, I don't. I don't think there's a, a, a question. I mm. think it is rice hands down. Yeah, agree. Absolutely. Word for word, mate. He didn't word ask you, Dave. Be quiet. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> what am I doing? Get, I'll get back in my box. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, okay. Uh, right, Dan um, Chapman. Yeah, okay. So this is, uh, I think this is the last question, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and and if, 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 well, basically, if everyone can listen to this other than Ian uh, L80, so Ian, if you're listening, please turn off your radio because uh, I don't want you to listen to this. It's just going to be for everyone else. Uh, <laughs> only joking, lads. I wanted a bit more of a laugh. Maybe I'm saying that right prick then. I was going to say, <laughs> the thing is, uh, I think. One of the greatest of deliveries, well, I'll give I was going to say, but... with what you said about no boy, I actually think you are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm very yeah. shocked at your behaviour tonight, actually. Yeah. Should we scrap? The show it is a pre-record. <laughs> I just start again. Well, yeah, but when I'm waving to him on the bench, and I'll, you know, I'll say, "Listen, Nobs, I didn't put you there, mate. Um, <laughs> I put you in a recycling bin." That's what you be saying. <laughs> right, this one's from uh, <laughs> at Dan underscore Chapman, uh, 2011. Are the board going to back Pellegrini with funds to sign the players he wants in January, or is it a case of having to sell first? Well, I've already answered that. I think it is to sell first now. Unfortunately, I mean, I guess it is the story of old, but. We have spent a hundred million in the summer, so um, in fairness, you know, over a season, including January, that's still a fair amount. Um, and I think um, we just need to make sure that we do get a few players in, particularly at right back. I'm worried about that position. Um, I think we do need another central midfielder as well, uh, a box to box one. So hopefully, we'll get a few players in on loan. Um, and I think we need to start really planning for next season in terms of a forward, because you know, if Carroll doesn't stay his contract's up he's gone Perez is apparently talking about going back to Spain Hernandez no, he's only been here for 20 minutes well I know yeah, Hernandez he's not he's not, he's not. No, I don't, I don't rate him, to be honest. Um, Hernandez talking about, you know, he could be off to uh, America. And now Tavich says, talk about him. So I think we really do need to start getting a strategy in place for who is going to be our forwards next year. Um, 
in January and maybe if it if it means saving a bit of money while they're still here in January but planning for next year where they could not be here and investing then then I think that that might be the strategy but I think um, loan signings are needed in January um, and hopefully they'll bring them in I'd rather save the money to be honest because it's a, it's a horrendous time to try and do business January transfer window Yeah. so I'd rather save the money and um, yeah, put it towards the summer Yeah. I, d- I don't think we're in desperate need to spend in January anyway I mean like I said there are positions that we need to identify I mean I would love to in the summer not in January really I mean depending on one of their injury records because I'm not sort of that educated on it but I'd love to go for Nathaniel Klein at Liverpool yeah, I think, I think if, if, we, if we could yeah. see him at his best I think yeah. that'd be a fantastic signing I and, and I personally would like to go for Ryan Bertrand at Southampton yeah I agree as and well. I think yeah. if you've got a back four then of Bertrand, Klein, Balbuena and, and Bonner uh, uh, and Diop. Um, Diop as a back four with Fabianski sitting behind him that's a solid back five yeah, that yeah. And, and I would I would personally as well maybe like to see us go for a, a centre midfielder um because as as you know, X on the back of the show, I detest Mark Noble with every breath yeah, in my body. That's right. Um, but you know, in all seriousness, you know, he's still got a lot to offer the club. But he ain't getting any younger. Uh, oh, Declan Declan speaks for himself. He's first name on the team sheet. Yeah. But if we are going to play two in midfield, Obiang too inconsistent and arguably injury prone Jack Wilshere and wants to go back to Italy as and well and wants to go back to Italy Jack Wilshere how many times we'll see him in a West Ham shirt remains to be seen so I think we need to strengthen uh, the squad depth in terms of central midfield and that type of player um, by getting another left back in I think that would be a fantastic plan B for Anderson if he's injured or suspended to put Mazuwaku there and, and only ever use him as a squad player uh, from an attacking perspective because I think he's an attacking player and then obviously on the right side you've got um, Antonio Yarmolenko Dean Garner and Snodgrass I mean so in terms of squad depth we're not looking too bad so I think in the summer of next year if we can keep our players definitely sign a striker or two but we really only need to target probably four maybe five players mm. and then I think you've got a serious squad on your hands there yeah yeah, yeah I, I agree and I think um, de- I think definitely we need to start getting our strategy in place now I think we really do and then ironing out clear targets that we work on um, because what I don't like is when we kind of panic a bit miss out on the first one miss out on the second one and get someone that's third what was good about Anderson with hindsight is that he was identified as the winger that that Pellegrini really really wanted and we had a number of setbacks and rejections for him but we kept persisting with it and we ended up signing him and he's ended up being a very good signing so I think we do need to keep that strategy and go for the players that we've identified as the number one priority Yes, absolutely right. Okay, I think that concludes the questions. So as always, thanks for sending them in. Uh, And that is the end of the show. So um, we hope you enjoyed it. And uh, let's hope we can enjoy the game at Craven Cottage on Saturday, where incredibly, we have the opportunity of getting 12 points from four games. Uh, Take care of yourselves. And until next week, come on you irons.
standing on my feelings because they are true, yeah. Dreams can come true. Look at me, babe, I'm with you. You know you got to have hope. You know you got to be strong. Dreams can come true. Look at me, babe, I'm with you. You know you got to have hope. You know you got to be strong. I'd see you sometimes on your own Oh, oh, oh. 